Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. It is so good to be back, and it's so good to be getting our Phillies baseball fix again. Okay, it's been the one game on the, on the screen so far, but <laughs> hey, I enjoyed it, and the result didn't even matter. It was just great to see some Phillies baseball. Matt Joyce hit an absolute moonshot out into the Florida skyline, and it was great. I absolutely loved it. And to discuss it all with me, discuss the off-season, spring training, and look ahead to the season. I am joined by a special guest, and that is a returning guest as well. It's Kevin Franson, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. How are you, What's Kevin? up, my man? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, like you said, baseball started. Yeah. And for Scott and I yesterday, or in the last couple of days, in, in having to call the game, uh, being able to step back and just hear the actual real noise of a fan hearing a couple fans just absolutely blitzing a couple of the, uh, the, the Orioles guys, uh, for their name. Uh, it made me feel normal. Right. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I, it, it's not only the cheers that you love as a player, like you love the banter, you love getting crushed by someone, if they, yeah. especially if they don't go personal, you know, it, it, you go family member, you go right at you. I'm all for it. So hearing that <laughs> yesterday, I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, we are uh, back, so it, right? Oh my gosh, I I love that stuff. I I I think uh, my if there was a key to spring training for all teams, for you know, if you want to go Phillies, fine. If you want to go all teams, perfect. Make sure that you take in and take appreciation and show appreciation towards the fan because the fan missed last year. The players missed the fans, no doubt, hundred percent, but it's being able to watch it on TV, listening to it on the radio, um, you know, streaming it, however you may. Uh, it just was not the same thing for a lot of people. A lot of people's um, traditions, you know, going to opening day or going to a, a family uh, game a year or, or, you know, the season ticket holders um, that was lost. And we lost many fans too, as far as that, you know, what what has happened in our world and i just hope the players take some time and appreciate and you know don't i i, I was on with craig council today on mlb network radio and he's like it's just another reminder of not to take anything for granted and it's like it's absolutely. so true absolutely can if you don't mind i want to talk to you about spring training as a player and then as the phillies at the moment as a player when you were playing spring training what, like what was it like and it sounds silly, but were you excited going into spring training? Could you not wait for the games? Or did you, were you sort of a player that you, you wanted to play two free games and then let's just go with the season? How did you approach spring? Uh, there's like two different worlds for me. Um, there's the one where my very first spring training in, like I was going to go to minor league camp. This is after year after I got drafted. I got invited to big league camp. Right. Uh, I was a 12th round pick. 
And so that was the, probably the craziest thing that ever happened to me in my career. Cause I mean, that was like, you talk about unknown, like that's the unknown. Like you're going to big league camp. Like, huh? Okay. How will I like, That's awesome. <laughs> and you know, for my hometown team and all this stuff. And so it's like the added pressure there, but it was pure excitement. Um, I would say about 2010, it became, I, to have a, let's go 2009 after the year after I blew up my Achilles in spring training uh, and I'm fighting back, trying to get back and, and make the team and, and, you know, prove that I, you know, I should be an everyday guy. I hated it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the amount of stress and people are like, Oh, it's a game. It's like, no, well, that's like for, you know, those, you always hear about the top 1%, right? The guys that are making millions upon millions. It's the guys that are trying to fight for their life in the game, not fight for their life in general, fight for their life in the game, yeah. um, that it is so stressful and non-enjoyable. Uh, and then I got to Clearwater in 2011 for a week. I had gotten released by the Padres um, and, and picked up by, by the Phillies. And I was like, okay, this is great. You know, go to Miley camp get the season on following spring 2012 just absolutely horrible i was horrible in spring yeah. training um i was for for a, a while i was lining out hitting balls hard uh i wasn't playing well on defense i was just in my head i was trying you know it was a year after being suspended uh, i was trying to prove myself um you know within the organization and, and instead of you know like Charlie and 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 Pete McCann and they're like and, and Ryan Sandberg would continuously talk to me and they're like, look, you're fine. We love you. You are a leader in you know where you've been in Lehigh and all this stuff. And uh 2013 was the first time I could say in probably uh six, seven year span that I enjoyed spring training. It had nothing to do with success. It was just I, I was there, I knew what I was, you know, there for. Um, I was I was guaranteed a spot on the team. And I got to enjoy it. And that's where it ends. Cause it goes right back into 14 and trying to fight for a spot, getting released, going to uh, Washington. And then the next year I was, you know, with Washington, my last spring training, I, I finished, I was, I started out like two or three for four. And then I went over 30. Um, unlike the 2012 one, I, did not hit a, I don't think I, I hit one ball hard. I think it was about when I was about Oh, for 28. I mean, you're talking about just a bat after about not even striking out. I had like one strikeout. I was like ball and play. It was like 40 miles an hour off the bat. I was like, what is going on? It, everything was just, you know, it wasn't bad luck. It was everything done by whatever I had done. I worked my butt off to get to that spot, to get back into the playoffs with the, with the nationals. And, um, you know, the, uh, I love to say it like in, you've seen top gun, uh, Cougar goes in, he's like holding on too tight, lost the edge. And I, and I felt like I did. So that I was my spring train. I just never liked spring train as a broadcaster way better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I was going to say, obviously not in Clearwater at the moment. Is there plans to head to Clearwater later in the month? No, is it all? No, it's all going to be from, yeah, we get, we get the, uh, Chris Wheeler, making sure that he tells us the, the game time temp uh, right away when we're here in, uh, in Philly yesterday it was 42 it was 84 there. So we were half of them. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's, you know what the problem I have 
with not being down there is so much of the camaraderie that we develop, uh, not only with Scott and, you know, LA, uh, Tom, Ben, it's the, it's the stories and the people that we talk to within the, the, the team, uh, the players, the coaches. Yeah. I want to gain trust. Like I'm still new at this mm, and it's yeah. not easy when you're, when you're Larry Anderson, who's been around a long time. Um, and it, that's not an old, please it's not an old thing. It's just, you know, he's been around for so long. He's gained the trust. He's yeah. gained um, all the cachet with, with players, with, with fans and everything. And I'm still in, I'm still the newbie, you know, and, and, yeah. and I want to be able to gain the trust of all those guys and, and learn them and, and gain stories from them. Um, and so that's, that's been the, the tough part and not knowing and, and being down there and seeing the backfields and seeing, you know, being able to go out to, to minor league games and see some of those guys and what could be coming up. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing that's going to be missed. Yeah. And of course you missed that all last year as well. So yeah. the, the access was, was hard. Oh, it, it must it have been brutal. And, and for, for, you, brutal. For, for all of you involved in the broadcasting side, well, it, it must've been tough. It was so, you know what it was, it was so tough and it was so tough for those guys because they have a routine of doing it right. And mm. going there, I just had a, I just struggled because I was confined in an area. And if anyone knows me, I don't like being in one area. I like being like, I, I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can only be on the third deck and you're like, what? No, <laughs> do this. Um, so that, that was, that was the hard part. Um, the good parts of it were, I was still able to go to games yeah. and I know there were so many people um, that were unfortunate, you know, not to. And I, I, don't forget that there's not one moment of my day that I, I, I forget that um, the fans were, were not there. Uh, summers were ruined. Lives were ruined as, as well because of what we were dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Again, like you said at the start, you appreciate more. Oh yeah. What, what oh, you yeah. have. Like, like well, you, you have to, right. And, and even if it's not the baseball world, it's just in general. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's another reminder. It's another thing that you we should never have to have, but we do, and it will happen. Uh, is you got to step back and don't take for granted anything in, within your days. Absolutely. You know, whether it's your kids or your sport or your 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 job or whatever it may be, your passion. Absolutely, and and you yourself had a, have an important role because you're giving some sort of normality to the people listening. Like that, I hope. I yeah, hope. Oh, absolutely. Like it, oh, I get the people that, you know, I hear more from the people that just like stop talking. It's like, well, what's my job? Like, talk. <laughs> come on. You're like, my God. And you know what was tough last year was that what? Oh, okay. I will let, I'm going to let the game, you know, you want to let it breathe, right? They talk about letting mm -hmm. it breathe. Well, usually you let it breathe so you could hear the fan. What? You There's wanted to no fake, fake crowd yeah. noise? Like, no, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Like, it, 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 the tough part for uh, a lot of people was to understand that our job is easy because it's a game that we love and 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 do. But without them, like they add, they add the fan adds so much to a broadcast. Absolutely, um, because of the energy that they will bring. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's ten fans, a hundred fans, forty thousand fans. Uh, they provide everything we need. And, and how excited are you for opening day? By the sounds of it, we're going to have just under 9,000 in Citizens Bank Park. It, it's going to be great, isn't it? Can you it? say that just again? Can it's you just say that just again? It's going to be just under 9,000 uh, fans. Isn't that Bank amazing? Park. Yes. 
I, I you got a play. damn Marlins game coming our way with fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will take it. Oh, you have no idea. Like I would, uh, I just want here. Here's my, my hope. Uh, and, and luckily I get to talk to Tom and, and, um, you know, Ben and, and, and John Cruck about this, but getting the TV side, I just want to see fans faces. Yeah. Like I, literally, I don't, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I care about the game, obviously, but when I'm talking about it and, and describing what's going on, I just want to see faces. I want I want the cameras on them because I want to see the smiles. And you hope they're smiles. You you hope right. at least the yeah. first you hope the first week is all smiles. And then if something bad's happening, you know, a week after the season starts and they're allowed in, like and they want to boo all boo all you want. I'm I'm all for you. Whatever you need to do. Uh, but but just please enjoy the first week. Yeah. <laughs> because we're gonna enjoy exactly. having you guys. Uh, as the fans being there, and I, I know that's that's number one. I tell you, watching yesterday, just seeing fans lying down in the fields, relaxing, enjoying themselves, watching baseball, kids running around in the behind the outfield. It was great. It was just yes. It is, was. I, I, you don't realize how you. It was a sense. It was. It. A, yeah. Yeah. It was like it was a a tenth of what you want, mm -hmm. but it was the greatest tenth you'll ever have. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Exactly. And even the fans, the, there wasn't many, but behind the plate and you, <laughs> there was two Orioles fans that caught my eye who kept doing the ka-ching when the old strikeouts came and just <laughs> things like that. You know, it's just, it's just part of baseball. Like, like, like I said, the hooting and hollering, right? The, the people yeah. just, the, the, the brash, you know, trash talk that we get, um, it's mess. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's the, the whistles in between pitches, the, you know, just, you know, some, some snart, you know, I don't know, just some comment towards an umpire that's not <laughs> LA coming out of the booth, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we've got the fans back. We're back in spring. Let's talk about the team that's going to be out there. Hopefully this year, challenging for the playoffs and getting into yeah. the playoffs. And it's doable. The off season was, I'm happy. Hey, I'm happy. Yeah. Considering in November, we didn't know where we were going to be to now. What a contrast, starting with the pitches, the bullpen. We've thrown yeah. a lot of arms at it, a lot of high-velocity arms at it, a lot of upside with them as well. Any that really you really can't wait to see in that bullpen that have come in? Obviously, Bradley is the main one. Alvarado, yeah. if he stays fit, please, if he stays fit. Yeah. Uh, Rondon, Anderson, Kinsler, Coonrod, uh, Moore, Nova. Who, who, who are, you, you, are you really looking forward to seeing who's just come in? Alvarado, because yeah. as a hitter, I would not want to face him. 90, 98 with, with two seam run on it. I mean, it looks like a right-handed cutter. That's the way I describe it. And it's like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait to see it. Cause it's a guy that you want on your side, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you think about the way as a uh, utility guy, as a, as a, a guy that came off the bench a lot in big moments, uh, you're facing, you know, some, some pretty quality arms. I, I could speak in from experience. If you didn't fear anyone in that in a bullpen, like you, you, you talk about confidence going in, right? If there's no one that's in the back of your mind going like, Oh, they don't throw this guy. Like that. They're just one of those things. Go back last couple of years. What have the Phillies had in the pen uh, consistently where you're fearing at hmm. times it's been Neris at times that's because you're like, Oh yeah, everything, the splits going, it's everything's golden right now. But Sir Anthony, when he was healthy, yeah, kind of, but not consistently. Mm -hmm. You have a few guys that 
give you so much thought as a hitter, as a bench guy. I guarantee as a manager, you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, Alvarado, Coonrod, uh, Bradley, Naris now in the back. Oh, and that Brogdon guy. Brogdon, yeah, right. You know, so, so, you, so you think you think more than anything you're going oh, okay we we got to get we got there's a almost a sense of urgency from teams that you're going to you're going to have to get on them early uh yep. now the other part is you're going to have to prove it as a bullpen um for it doesn't matter if you're you know were here or weren't here uh there's going to be thoughts people are going to be talking no matter what oh last year all this stuff well you got to be able to you know have the right mindset go out and and, and forget about that and dominate and yep. I think with a guy like Archie Bradley, you talk about the bravado of him, um, the skill, the, I, I like to, to look at it. It's Philadelphia is one of the places in this world where passion, I think just draws so much interest, right? Absolutely. If you're passionate about what you do, you can't say that about every city. Like if it, you know, you go and play in passion for the sport, Passion for your job, passion for life in general, uh, you know, in, in, in outward part doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time, but like there's a passion for it. Philly fans love it. Archie Bradley's going to be loved. Oh, he already is, isn't he? Like what an impact yeah. he's made, yeah. you know? So that, that's the, that's the biggest thing for me is, is adding a guy. Uh, it's, it's, it's not about a tough guy thing, right? It's not, it's not that it's, it's just that. I'm going to come after you. Boys are going to come after you. They're going to follow me. I'm going to follow them. doesn't matter. We're going to beat it together. Uh, that's what he's going to bring. Now you add in Brandon Kinsler. Um, I don't know if you read the, the athletic article the other day, but uh, there's an edge to him uh, that I really enjoy. Yeah. And again, that adds to the Archie Bradley. And, and then you have Tony Watson. If you know, both those guys yeah. make it off of minor league deals, there's a lot of quality depth. Um, you look at the good to great teams in the big leagues. They all have quality depth, not depth, but quality depth. Yeah. They're, they're, they're guys that are going to make differences no matter if they're in there in the minor leagues coming up. I mean, it, the, I always look at the Dodgers. I'm like, whoever they bring up, they're not a placeholder, mm-hmm. right? They got I dudes agree. that are coming in. They're like, Oh, why can't I have that? Agreed. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's what we've, we've lacked in the last couple of years where we've, we've had depth, but, They've been the youngsters that have been thrown straight yeah. into the big leagues with like, well, and that, that's it's tough. winning on. The, it, it was the the idea of winning at the margins, mm-hmm. right? And and winning at the margins to me means top heavy, not not enough on the backside. Uh, the roster is so one sided that uh, when something goes wrong, you don't know how to make up for it with, um, you know, other talent that you could bring up. Yeah, you you win and you that that's the way I looked at when you are trying to win at the margins, you are not maximizing your roster. And right now, the way it is built, you see depth and quality depth and the ability for the Phillies not to have to rush guys uh, to the big leagues um, because they're covered in in every uh, every which way. Agreed. And we've got experience in there, some good experience as well. And I think it would, it's really important this bullpen makes a good start to, to banish the memories yes, of last year. Yes, absolutely. And, and the confidence, the foundations that could put in place for the season, I think could be huge to, to, for, for, for teams to, like you said, teams to actually fear the bullpen. So last year when they, they were, every team that was down, they, they 
they wanted the bullpen to come in. They wanted our starters out. They wanted to get into the bullpen. It was so good to have that role reversal. Teams want having to jump out on top early because they know this bullpen is going to be a tough one to break down. And I think there's definitely huge potential we could have that this year. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's it's uh, goes twofold too. I mean, like think about it. Like if the bullpen is going well, the stress off a pitcher, uh, off a starting pitcher, uh, I, I think is is taken off completely. Yeah. Um, there is not the, I have to get these guys out. I don't trust them in the back. There's like, I can pitch my game no matter what. I don't have to be perfect. And therefore there's a good chance I'm going to be perfect. You know, on where I yeah. want to throw. If you're always thinking, I got to be fine. I got to be, you know, two seamer away. It's got to, I got to start just uh, two balls off the plate. If it doesn't come back. Oh, you're not yeah. thinking that you're, you're playing catch with JT Romito with Andrew Knapp, with Jeff Mathis, whoever it may be, you are playing catch with them, you know? And, and I think that is a bigger thing for the starters is mm -hmm. knowing that there is no added, I need to do this. Instead, it, it's going to be like, this is going to happen. I trust the guys behind me that are going to do it. And it becomes, it is because of what you just said right there is they, you know, a good first month for the bullpen would go so much farther for this team than anything. Yeah, and does that work for the offense as well? Because you could see mm -hmm. at times that they lead so many times, and then the heads. You could see the heads in yeah. the, when the defending just drop. Yep. Like yep. I, I remember seeing Gene Segura. Uh, I can't remember what game it was, but he, we, we let a home run. We lost the lead again, and his head literally dropped. Yeah, and that must be. Just I think they, was it the was it the uh, Nationals late in the year? It was like I think it was it was definitely late in the year, and I just I remember seeing his. Oh, face. I say it was in Washington. I I, I yeah. know exactly what you're saying, and yes, it does, it plays. It's a huge thing mm. because you're fighting, and it's like here's the other part. As good teammates, you know they're not trying to give up those runs. You know they're yeah. not trying to throw it down <laughs> the middle of the plate. It's the execution part that's not there, and you're going. These guys are better, and, and there's like a lot of emotion that goes into it. Not like, man, I can't believe you didn't do you did this. No, it's like everyone wants it, and when everyone wants it, yep. you hold on, and it's like, oh god, you know, and and you're you're gripping so tight. Um, I felt like uh, everyone started to do that, and the offense was great. You know, for it the was, for the most yeah. part, last year it was great, and. Can it? I, I I don't know. I I look at this year and trying to forget about that bullpen, but it's like as a as a as a fielder, being in positions where you've had bad pens in the past, and you're just like, oh, you you see someone coming, you're like, <laughs> great dude, bad pitcher right now, you know, like at this moment, the, not good, the, you know, and it, that, it's not fun. That JT gif right there. <sighs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the, oh, yeah. that's stay with the fans as well, even uh, as fans for confidence, we want to see a good start. We. Because I think all of us as fans are sort of haunted a bit by that. We're not over that last season, that bullpen. Yeah, we want and, to and you know start. what? It's not, I mean, look, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But, you know, you, you can't win a division in, in April. You can you can lose it. Mm -hmm. And the way this is set up at the beginning, you're going, ooh, this is no bueno as far as the schedule and how tough it can be. Um you know, I was looking at, I had to pull it up because I want to make sure, but you got the Braves for three, Mets for <laughs> Mets, three, yeah. Braves for three, Mets for four. I mean, you're playing the, the, the top two teams in what people's minds are mm -hmm. um, in the Braves and, and, and Mets um, 14 times, right? I mean, you're you're looking at it going in the first, oh man, I, I look at it going, dang, <laughs> that's brutal. Uh, then the Cardinals, 
and then you got the Giants, and then you got the Rockies. So that those are very like on paper, you're going those are winnable games. Yeah, you got the cart. You finish off with the Cardinals in the first month, which is a, I think actually a really good thing mm-hmm. because they're a team that's been notoriously um, not really a they you know good second half teams, really yeah. good second half teams. Uh, so that first month is that is going to be a grind for the way I look at it. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Are there any players that maybe not first teamers, but any minor leaguers that you're looking forward to seeing this spring that you've got your eye on? Uh, well, I want to see the, I want to see, and, and I've, and I found out quickly that uh, the guy's gotten better, which is awesome. Uh, I wanted to see how Rafael Marchand was going to come into camp. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a guy that was not at one bit expected to, you know, get to the big leagues. Um, really, really showed himself last year uh, in in camp and that because of the way he went about things in camp, got that opportunity uh, at the alternate site and then um, in the big leagues. The reason why I'm watching it is because a guy just signed five-year deal right in front of you. I want to see how it affects him. It yeah. shouldn't affect him because he should just be continuing to play. Uh but you know, deep down that it's like, Oh, I want that, you know? Um, so I, I'm excited to see where he's at. Um, you know, the, the, the competition in center field between Hazley Kingery and, and, and Roman Quinn, I don't really think is going to be that much of a competition at the beginning. Uh, I think it's going to go into the season really. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't sense someone really taking grasp of the whole thing. Um, and, and I could just see it being like a, a May or June thing where we finally see someone separate themselves, but that's just, but you that's know, you hope, though. you hope someone does, but yeah, yeah, at the same time, you're, you're like, I, I, I don't know where that's going to go. Um, and Bryson Stott, I think that that's another one. He looked good you know, yesterday. It, it, didn't he? he looked good. He looked good. Uh, I want to see him as short. Yeah. I want to see him as short. I know, uh, Nick Maton was, the, was playing there. Um, so they gave him and, and Luis Garcia, uh, so I, I would love to see Bryson Stott at short just to see it. I, I, I want to see more, more action from him. Yeah. He had that. He was involved in that double play yesterday and it managed yep. to get himself, uh, we managed yep. to get himself on. Yeah. Good was at bat it, too. Hit, good two error? strike at bat. But he, he got on base and he in hard contact. Yep. Hard yep. contact as well. So from and second course, baseman, try to dive on it like a grenade is unbelievable. <laughs> and of course, Bryce has been, um, really like as, as a prospect to hear, Bryce Harper saying these things about you. Does that put pressure on you? It must, it must put a little bit of pressure. Or is he, do you think he's a type of player that's going to revel in that and go, yeah, I am this guy. I'm going to come through and, and well, prove what Bryce is saying is right. Bryce and him are good buddies, you know? So yeah. in, in knowing Bryce and, and all that, he's, he's probably telling that to him uh, behind closed doors too, you know? Uh, JJ Hardy, Brandon Crawford, Garrett Anderson. I'm like, <laughs> wow. I, I, I mean, you're going okay. Let, let ease up on the scouting report here, kid. You know, uh, he's a damn good player. Uh, I, I, I want to see because with JJ Hardy, you had one of the most, uh, if you talk about routine play, him and, and Adam Everett at the same time, uh, in the league. I mean, it was like a ground ball their way right at him, maybe a couple of steps. Yeah. They had a little range at times, but it was just a, the, it was so routine. It was yeah. such an out. It was so yeah. easy. Uh, so when you say that, I want to see that. Uh, when you talk about Brandon Crawford, you're talking about one of the short best shortstops in the league in the last, you know, 10 years. 
defensively. You know, him and Anderson Simmons, uh, you know, Lindor, you're talking about those guys. So when you say that, I want to see the range. I want to see that, you know, the, the crazy play. Because, uh, you know, Crawford could do that. And then when you talk about Garrett Anderson, you're talking about one of the smoothest strokes that we've seen from uh, one six in, in, in Anaheim for years, you know? So yeah. I, I want to see that then, but it, that, that's why it's hard to, to put who this guy reminds you of. Yeah. Who's this guy? Remind, <laughs> yeah. Be Bryson Stott. Remind yeah. me of Bryson Stott every day. Not anybody else. Absolutely. Um, let's uh, talk Kingery. Uh, please. This is, I am. I'm rooting for this guy so much. It, last year was really tough for him with COVID. He suffered yep. from long COVID as well, which is horrible. I've had friends with long COVID and it's horrible. Uh, he seems to have come back refreshed this year. He's lost a bit of weight. He's got contacts. And it, did you think this is a bit of all or nothing year for Scott Kingery? Would you say that would be a little bit fair or because... Some fans are starting to go, ah, if he doesn't do it now, is this, is this it for Kingery? I'm not. I'm rooting for him. I believe he's got yeah. it. But what, what, what do you think Scott will just break out this year? He seems more relaxed this year in camp. He does. Uh, I, I just think, is it make or break? I don't know. I mean, you never know what the leash is, especially with the contract that he has. Yeah. Um, the way I look at it, it's a growth year. It's got to be. Yeah. You got to be willing to take in coaching. Um, you got to make some changes. He still looks the same. He actually reverted back to, it looks like to where he was uh, coming out of camp 2.0. Yeah. Just a, just a bad pull swing. Um, so I want to, I, I want to see a little bit better of a, I, I want to see more contact out of him. And I want to see some more hard contact on the ground, low line drives that will turn into doubles. Doubles turn into homers for him. Yeah. But I, I find that, um, you know, he, I think a part of being bigger, um, and, and it's definitely not fat. I do is jacked. But sometimes <laughs> yeah, when you is. carry that extra weight, uh, there's things that aren't the same. You're you're not as flexible. You're not as uh, you know quick out in the field. You're not as um, at the plate, you don't feel as athletic. There's, I mean, there's times last year where you're like, dang. And, and, and as a utility guy, as someone that, that came up as a second baseman who played every day, and I found out, you know, I work better at 180, 184 yeah. in that range. Uh, it was better on my legs. It was better on my, my, just my body in general. I, I worked better that way. I, I, I ran better that way. I was quick out in the field that way. Um, it, it's that stuff that you have to realize as an athlete. Um, and he took the chance and trying to be bigger the last two years didn't work. So I, I like the, there's the growth part. Number one is, is understanding thyself. Know thyself as Charlie Manuel always say. Um, and, and him understanding that he needed to do that, I think was, is step one. Now he's got to do it on the field. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was at center field today. Wasn't he? In fact, got some reps out of center field. It, it's his to like, it's his to take because no one's like you said earlier on. No one's playing that center field role yet. So yeah, step up, Scotty. Come on, this is this is. That, your I mean, it, that's what it's got to be. I mean, and and again, you're talking about three guys that uh, a lot to prove on on everyone, right? Yeah. With with Roman Quinn, uh, it, it, it just doesn't know thyself because yeah. he's still a yeah. guy that he's, with he's two here. strikes take big hacks. Uh, 
I, I look, I, I am a fan of your first two strikes are yours. That third, that for the guy with speed, the first two strikes are yours. The third strike, that's for your team. Yeah. With the wheels that he has with the ability to make people think on the mound at, at the plate in the dugout, uh, to me, um, Roman Quinn is a guy that I look at going, he's got to understand that, 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 that when he's in two strikes, his team's on, that's on his team. Yeah. Because he could change yeah. a lot of games being on base. That's what's frustrating as a fan because you're right. Two strikes and he's swinging for the fences. Like, well, just, just, just then, get then, on base. You know? Then you see Alec Bohm, right? I mean, you see yeah. Armour, like, he gets in there and it's like two strikes. He, he's like, I'm going to get a hit, but it, I, I'm not looking to strike out. I am looking to do damage down the lines in a controlled way. I'm not shutting anything down. It's like he works out to in with two strikes as a, as a guy that barely yeah. struck out in his career. That's how I grew up being taught was work outside in. If you yeah, get yeah, frozen, yeah. be beat on the inside, right? That was, that's how we were because that pitch away many times can leak back over. And if you're on it, next thing you know, you could pop it for a double. You could do all that. Right. It, it, and you're covering more of the plate. If you're just looking on one side, you're going to, you're, you're cutting yourself off. So seeing a guy like Alec who's six, five, six, six, and you're going, he has a two strike approach like that. Who has the ability to put yeah. the you know ball in play, uh, and he's not even close to being the same speed as he could move though. But he's not even close to the same speed as Roman Quinn. Like, come on, Q's got to do he he's got to do a better job of that. That that's we all know that it's not you know. And I'm not saying and being harsh. I think I'm I'm speaking the, the absolute truth on that. He mm-hmm. has got to play a game where the first two strikes are his, the third strike that's for his teammates. Yeah, because then he gets on base. He can steal second. He can steal third. Uh, just like, the just the he, just the he can make part. things happen. Speed kills, and they always talk. Mm. We, we everyone talks about that, right? Yeah. Well, not a lot of people. They, they they talk about the pitcher. They talk about the the catcher, right? What it's doing. You know what it does in your mind as a fielder? Like everything speeds up. Like everything. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And it, yeah. if he's putting a ball in play and it's soft at times. We saw a dude last year bunt straight back to the pitcher and beat it out. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It, you're, you're right. It puts every position under extra speed because he can get to first, like even on a, on a marginal play, he can get to first. You know, the first baseman's got to be on it. Pitcher's got to be on it. Catcher's got to be on it. Double players have got to be on it. You're right. Yeah. It just creates it. And we saw it last year. So many defensive errors against Quinn because of his speed alone. It's just, oh, it's a, it's a vital part of the game to have. And again, Kingry's oh, yeah. got some speed. He, he He's got some speed, but well. yeah, but he doesn't utilize it with the swing that he has. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's about Alec Bohm. That's one of the, the biggest things that impressed me last year. His rookie season, mentally, he was incredible. How many two strike hits did he get? It was just unbelievable. To the opposite field. Yeah, right? yeah. Mid- yeah. Middle the other way with two strikes. He he was just he was fantastic, and uh, that's why there's you can't set like the ceiling on him i feel like because mm-hmm. we don't know what that ceiling is for alec bohm yet and i say that with because a guy with that approach you, you can't you can't coach you can't teach you can't adjust on <laughs> yeah. because a yeah. guy with that approach is always adjusting himself yeah it's amazing yeah again it's just amazing as a rookie as well he so so he does know himself free doesn't he at the moment he, oh, he knows what a- he's known. He's known it for a couple of years and, and, yeah. and, and pretty much that is the hardest quality for a young hitter to do is to understand who they are 
and he gets it and he's not changing it. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where do you see the fills in terms of wins this year as it stands? It's tough. It's a bit of an out there prediction, but would you say over and over or under on, on a 86.5? Ooh, uh, ooh. Yeah, ask me in September. Mm. I don't like, I don't, I don't know. It, it's tough for me to say because, uh, there's not one team in the division where you're looking and going, okay, uh, we have them. Yeah. Right. For, for years up until last year, it was like the Marlins and then the Marlins actually played well against us and, and, and took care of business. But, um, because they haven't proven it yet. And I'm that way. I'm gonna say under. Yeah, yeah. This, and yeah, I, I I'm a big prove it guy. Like prove it to me. You know, like don't we can't go from, you know, being below 500 to being like, oh yeah, we're a 95 win team. Like why? Yeah, absolutely. You're playing in the, absolutely. Yeah, you're playing in a division where you have a bunch of guys, a bunch of teams, uh, that got better this offseason, and they were already really good. Like what the Mets have done in their in their starting rotation is is ridiculous. Adding to the bullpen, oh, and then you trade for Francisco Lindor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know that's frustrating. Um, but at the same time, they're trying they're trying to get better because the Braves have proven that they are really good and they've been they're going to be really good for years to come. They are. They are. I, I don't see past the Braves for the division, but even they've got their. You know, they're not bulletproof. Questions. Uh, Richard Lockyer says, how much pine tar did you apply to your helmet each year? Every day I put on a uh, a coat and then some rosin. And then Frank would, would tell the, uh, Frank Copenbarger would tell some of the guys that they needed to wash the helmet a little bit. And I, I didn't like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, uh, gosh, I would say, at any point in time, there could be like a quarter inch of pine tar on my helmet. Oh, wow. Like the thickness of it. So it's good. It's a good buildup. Like you love it. Yeah, yeah, like I hated it. I love throwing my helmet because it was the helmet's fault, not me. You know, it was always that way. Um, so what, when I would break one and it was always, a, it was always like my favorite part of, you know, like it was always just thick enough where you're like, yeah, that's a good buildup. And then you crack it and you're like, you idiot. <laughs> I think opening day, one thing I always remember about opening day is it's it's the shiniest you ever see the helmets, isn't it? And yeah, I from, hated I hated shiny helmets. Hated then, it. And then from then on, the pine tar was applied. Uh, the brilliant... Like spring training when I get out there and you see pictures, you're like, Ooh, that's weird. I was like, no. I, I would spend so, so long trying to put pine tar and get it <laughs> thick before game started. I love it. Uh, the brilliant Fransky in LA Twitter says, uh, ice cream best served in a tiny plastic helmet? Uh, ice cream just in general. Ag agreed. You know, Ag like I don't care where it is. Uh, but I don't want to disagree and make make them mad because that Twitter handle is the greatest ever. It, is, it really is. Uh, great, guys. Yeah, no, I, 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 I love it. But I mean, at the same time, I'm just, I, I love ice cream. So you can just, I don't even care where how you, how you serve it. It's just ice cream. Ice cream for the win. Yep. Uh, uh, NP Perry says one player Kevin Reed looks to have uh, to have a breakthrough season. Oh, Tuffy. Um, 
when we go breakthrough, have they never had the through? Yeah, that's, before? Uh, let's go under radar, shall we? Uh, I'm going Hazley. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I think that there's uh, he's shown some accountability in, in some talks that he's had with some coaches that uh, I've been privy to, and there's some accountability on his part um, about what he needs to be. Not about like he it's like he's not done anything wrong. It's just that there's certain things that he needs to take control of. And and one of those is being the control, the control center field. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, that's his for the taking. You know, it should yep. be a good battle between Scotty and himself. You know, it should yep. make them both it should. It should be a benefit to the Phillies at the yep. bottom line. I no I'd really hope so. Uh Jim McKell Hatton says, uh, ask him how he keeps managing to get the big Phillies names on his podcast. Yeah, did the podcast. Because I'm awesome and my podcast <laughs> is great. So, it, yeah, I kind of work for the Phillies. It's kind of easy to get that way. We, we, were, just, we were just saying before <laughs> we came on there, the Joe Girardi one was, was brilliant while he was multitasking, making his breakfast, yeah. and just still <laughs> made me hungry through the whole thing. <laughs> on point. I tell you what, T Mac was interviewing Joe Girardi during the game yesterday. Joe Girardi, you could listen to for, for all day, couldn't you? He's what a, what a man. Like the insight he gives you. So, when he was on Fox, uh, that year that he was in between jobs, um, I, it was the first time in a while that I really stopped and listened to an analyst on a major station, mm. uh, cause John Smoltz is, is great, but then he, he got really mad at like the analytic part of the game and you could hear it all the time. Uh, there is no sense of that from Joe and he's funny, uh, He's got obviously great stories, you know, being with the Yankees for so long, um, but there, you just learn. And I, that you talk about things that you miss. I talked to him every day last year during spring training and, and ask him questions and whether he liked it or not, I, I, I wanted to learn because I knew, I, and, and I know he has more experience than, than any of the guys out mm. there or, or myself. So combined. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even just uh, listen to on your, when he was on your podcast, uh, by the way, people that don't know, uh, pine tar for breakfast great listen fantastic guest i love that one with reese hoskins as well i what a what a nice genuine guy he's just a genuinely good dude he's just a genuinely good normal guy isn't he just yep. plays baseball for a living you know what a down what a lovely grounded guy that guy yep. is but girardi saying uh last year how you know all these new bullpen players are coming in he's got to learn them even his experience he's still got stuff to learn and he yeah. still learns stuff in spring training, you know, and gives you that incredible insight. Like he's let left down the pub with Joe Dry and just have a few beers and just chat, chat. Oh, baseball, for like, sure. For sure. And then watch him the next day, run like five miles and work out like a <laughs> champ. So you're going, yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Um, Jack Fritz says, uh, does he have one positive thing to say about me? Uh, Jack Fritz is one of the most passionate Phillies fans who's passionate, knowledgeable Philly fans that you're ever going to find. And you can find him on the high hopes podcast yes. as well. Uh, I know Jack is uh, Jack's incredible and we've really become really close friends. And uh, it like yesterday was normal for me because he was in my ear and we haven't gotten Jack a whole lot in the last couple of years. Cause he's big time now on the, on the main <laughs> show, you know? So uh, uh, for me, uh, that's, it's just, a, he's just a good person, uh, Absolutely. works his butt off and loves, the, loves the Phillies, loves baseball. Absolutely. And Jack, as you know, you've got a lot of love here over in the UK for, you, for yourself <laughs> and for your podcast. We, there you go, Jack. There you go. Hot um, take Jack. Hot take Jack. Of course, Jack will be back on soon, actually, hopefully. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we love we love having Jack on again. Like you say, just uh, just a good again a good guy. The Phillies just have good guys, yeah. don't they? You no, know, just the, good people. Good people, the fans, everybody involved in the team. Love it. Kevin, you're back on the airways. Tom- Are you back radio tomorrow? Or is it no, we're back Thursday? on Thursday. Thursday. No, wait. No, T- Sunday. Sorry, Sunday. Sunday. Sorry. It's TV. Sunday, Sunday, it's, Sunday. It's TV Thursday, isn't it? We're back on TV Thursday. Yeah, it, this this whole year is kind of screwy. Uh, and so, again, it's not our call. We would love to be able to carry it and be able to talk, you know, Phillies baseball with people. But, unfortunately, that's not how it's going to be right now. And, uh Either way, it doesn't matter. We get to watch and listen to exactly. T-Mac, so we're good. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's been an absolute privilege as ever to have you on. I love chatting to you. Uh, come back on during the season. You have my number, and I'm telling you, you better be calling. Yes. Fantastic. You're the man. Fantastic. Kevin, thank you very much. Guys, that's a, that's a wrap. Uh, Sunday, we've got the... Uh, We've got the Nationals, Marlins, Mets, and Braves UK accounts coming on this podcast, and we're going to have a great big season preview. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You better uh, fight them. Uh, uh, Marlins, Marlins and Braves UK know what's coming to them. Um, that, I love it. That's going to be a great pod. Always is. Yearly, uh, yearly annual preview podcast. It's going to be another great one, guys. Plenty of banter. You know, you guys know what's coming. Um, thank you for listening, guys. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe. And uh, we'll have a new pod dropping uh, next week. So, guys, stay safe and ring the bell.